Welcome to Kids These Days. The show where we're young. And you're old. Today we have our favorite senile with us. I am Edmund Carlton, the local senile. And I am Colin Kinney. And I am Sindhu Villarreal. And we all saw the Labyrinth movie. And we really want to talk about it. I really want to talk about it. Yeah, I really want to talk about it too. Not just Barbie, but we're doing Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. Sindhu did not see Oppenheimer with the rest of us, including our, our lovely producer, Scott McShane. But also I shout out Greta, our field producer. She's out there, out in the world, producing something for us currently. See her soon. I would say that I have enough thoughts on that movie for Sindhu. Yeah. Enough for two people. I think enough we can people. cover it. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts. We took the longer trip to Dixon City to see it in IMAX mm. under Sky's insistence. Of course, once we got there, apparently that theater was su- insufficient in some way, in some insufferable manner. Mm. So for a little bit of context, uh, the Barbie movie came out on the 21st. 21st. Yeah, Friday. And Oppenheimer also came out on the 21st. And there was this kind of like joke thing that became serious on social media that was like, oh, I'm going to go watch Oppenheimer first for like the laughs and such like a fun movie and then um, after that I'm going to go to Barbie for like the, the real, real cinematic, cinematic experience. Masterpiece. Yeah. And so people would dress up for uh, either Barbie and Oppenheimer and then go see the movie. And I don't know, it's just like there were posters made for it that like combined the two things. And it was Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer was the, is the title for it. There's an AI-generated trailer out there that's pretty accurate where Barbie's the one creating the atom bomb. Oh. Kind of hilarious. Okay. Go, go off, queen. <laughs> I'll have to give <laughs> Destroy that a watch. Destroy the earth. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Ignite the atmosphere. And so you, you said you had a lot of thoughts about... About Barbie or Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. Yeah, I do have... Let's get I into Oppenheimer's second, though. Yours might be a little bit controversial. We can all share in Barbie. We're going to get some... Colin has some hot takes about Oppenheimer. I have some hot takes about Oppenheimer that I don't think everybody's going to agree with. Yeah, and I think we can get into our flow and then come back to Oppenheimer. Okay, we'll come back to Oppenheimer. <laughs> I want Sky's voice So let's in that. talk about Barbie first. Barbie, which Colin and I just watched. We didn't get to watch it all together. Yeah, I watched, it, us. I watched it on today's Sunday, and I watched it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then you guys watched it this morning. We, I have my Barbie outfit on right now. I'm we, wearing my pink. We caught the 10 a.m. showing of Barbie. We Which came straight from the There was less here. kids there than I thought it would be. It was mostly adults. Yeah, there was a lot of adults. Yeah, there was, there was a handful of kids, which was funny to get their, their, their food. And a lot of the kids, like the kid next to me, yeah, seemed actually. very uninterested yeah. in Barbie. Mm. He was look, I looked over and he was literally Googling, like, how long is the Barbie movie? <laughs> like halfway through. <laughs> and we like, have wow. some, oh, by the way, probably major spoiler alert if oh, you haven't seen yeah. it. By the yeah. time yeah. That, spoiler alert. By the time that this comes out, and like most Barbie. people will have seen it, yeah. but... Just for that major spoiler alert. And we Stop have some, listening. We have some guests with us today. Oh, yeah. We should definitely introduce them before we do anything else. Yeah. yeah. Get them in the camera. Grab them. Watch out for the tripod behind you. Get it. This one. Ooh. So Sidhu has a very Oppenheimer-like pants on, actually, for someone who hasn't seen it. She's ready to set it off. It's kind of like Barbie Oppenheimer yeah. right now. You guys nailed it. Yeah. Natural. So should we introduce them each? Yeah. 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 You go first. So I brought a couple of my dolls to celebrate Barbie. So her first. This is Nicole. <laughs> mm-hmm. I found her in my mom's closet. My mom's name is Nicole. And that's the first one. She's still in her box. In her box. Is that a Mattel product, though? Or is that a, no, a it's Barbie adjacent? It's very adjacent. 
very very adjacent should i like or just introduce from here just just grab them and and just bring them off there okay well this is (laughs) this is the baby the baby for Mm -hmm. short you don't want to say the this is a smaller baby barbie holding a uh handmade sort of cigarette-like object you, you it's very created. fake i've created this to see oppenheimer yes. <laughs> because <laughs> i wanted props for our viewers and listeners it's it is a completely tobacco-free fake cigarette that completely fake. an excellent job of approximating a cigarette thank though. you good for you your art is once again on display what else do you have this this girl here this is cindy kathy lou uh the backstory <laughs> For our, uh, for, our for our audio listeners, Cindy Kathy Lou is a gorgeous doll who's let me get well. most of her hair <laughs> is ripped out. That's what my hair looks like to me when I look at the recording. <laughs> <laughs> most of her hair is ripped out except for these two these two braids and this wild side over here. Mm-hmm. Cindy did these two braids an hour ago, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're very stiff. Um I'd also like to point out her very accentuated thigh gap she has going on um Uh but yeah me and my cousin got her in long island and i love her she stays in my room on my bedside table every day well i'm sure she gives you nice screams oh yeah and she's reading um another prop i oh prop i bought brought for oppenheimer which is thermodynamics by enrico fermi and how is that she likes it okay that's good she's enjoying herself yeah, she's enjoying herself. Okay, she's so over. can we go back to Barbie with her hair? Yeah, is that does she kind of was one of those Barbies that's been overplayed with that becomes what was the name of the Barbie? Weird Barbie. Is that a weird Barbie? That's definitely a, a weird Barbie. That's a great example of a weird Barbie, which, which we, we'll talk about later. We we mentioned in our in our talk before, we, you know, the Barbie's hair once she gets cut and gets the bad bangs, they yeah. did a great job of capturing that. Yeah. We could almost get set off there. I feel like Kate McKinnon's role was 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 pretty excellent in the weird Barbie. Um, where should we even start within the Barbie verse? Well, I have yet to well, introduce my still, Barbie. Yeah, she oh, still has start. her Barbies. Oh my god! Oh, apologies to our listeners and to our so viewers. So we have listeners. over here Eric from the live action version of The Little Mermaid. He looks very low budget compared to my Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his uh, his pants are actually could be considered his skin. It's like they're plastic and you just like part of his body um and then we have beautiful ariel which she's got her little cute pink headband and yeah my barbies are pretty normal compared to your beautiful creations um, creations of art did she come with fish legs well uh after we watched after my sister and i watched the live action little mermaid we went to Target, which was we watched it in a mall that like had movie theater and Anne had Target. So we went to Target, and we saw these two, and we're like, okay, we need to get them. And my sister had already gotten Ariel, like this version of her, where she has legs and a blue dress by herself. And then so we got these two, and then we went back and got Ariel with a tail. So we have a lot of Little Mermaid dolls. Mm. So we have both versions in case you want to do like little transformation thing. We have that option. And so now that we have that introduction out of the way, let's talk about the Barbie, Barbie movie itself. Oh my so God. should we start with our pros and cons? Should think, we start with, you know, what I want to start with was how it was advertised 
and how it was like portray- how they portrayed what the movie was like versus what it was actually like. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. The advertising it started. They started advertising the movie and like making brand deals like months, months ago. ago. Months ago, and they made like well, they would make filters on TikTok that would um make it so that when people use them, they were like, oh, this is fun that they're doing this and stuff like that. So it would make a lot of people want to watch the movie in, in almost this way where it's like oh yeah like i saw it on tiktok like i'm gonna watch it like kind of as a joke but then it's like they still make money so it's not a joke yeah and they they have so many brand deals like with celebrities celebrities and, and like companies like like gap yeah. and the like soundtrack is like all like there's Nicki minaj billy eilish dua yeah. lipa it's yeah. crazy i think it's fair you to know. say this may be the most well-marketed movie Almost possibly in history. We'll see how it pans out with box office. But definitely in this new media landscape of social media and Yeah, YouTube. they really yeah. Yeah. I think it, it was it was done really like correctly, I think. Yeah. Because they didn't like with a bunch of movies like Marvel movies, I feel like the advertising was just ads. Yeah. They were like, Okay, let's like let's like make like a little meal at like McDonald's and like yeah. you know, do this and then like, okay, let's put all these sounds out on TikTok and then yeah. like they did marketing in a, like a much subtler way, which I think worked out a lot better to get people excited to see it. Yeah, and like Gap has this one shirt where a lot of the Gap products just say Gap on them, and they had one where it just said Ken in the same Gap <laughs> font, and it's like that's genius. Like it was sold out when I went to go look at it. This is off topic from that, but in the movie, he had a shirt that said "I'm Kenuff, Kenuff." Yeah, which I think if they started selling that, yeah, I saw a t- girl TikTok buy it already. Oh, yeah. it's gotta be. Yeah, there's it was so much to be made off of that. I feel like they're just so accurate. Who, whoever you know, leading marketing, the creation of the film, it was just so on point, so of the moment. Yeah, it's yeah. also like Margot Robbie's. I saw like so many like analyses of Margot Robbie's press tour outfit mm-hmm. things and like how each of them like mm-hmm. had represented a. a different yeah so like they did a really really good job getting people excited to actually see it yeah like months in advance and also they um when i when i watched like clips of the trailers and stuff on tiktok they didn't spoil the whole movie because what i see a lot with movies especially like just blockbuster like action films is like they just kind of show you the whole plot and show you like the main villain and show you their journey to get whatever they have to get and then, like, they don't show you, like, maybe the end resolution. So it's yeah. like, okay, I kind of know already what's about to happen. But with the Barbie movie, it's like they advertise it in a certain way. And then you went to go watch it and you were like, what? Like, that was so amazing and so different than what I thought it was going to be. Because I was watching it with my cousins. And my cousin Finn said that he thought it was going to be kind of like, um, what's that movie where, like, uh, this these like a princess or a prince from like the storybook, like go out into the real world and they're like in the city and it's like she's trying to talk to birds, but they're like pigeons or like it's like disenchantment or something it like that. Yeah, was it? It's not ever after. It's it's something the disenchantment movie. I forgot what it was. Yeah, but it was like yeah, like it it was fine if it would have been like that, but mm-hmm. they um they had much more story behind it. Yeah, like it started to go into like motherhood and like what it means to be a woman. Yeah, which and like. like the patriarchy and like this whole thing and they also it wasn't meant to be like a metaphor they were like straight up like this is about the patriarchy and this is about what women have to go through yeah they said it flat out yeah flat out so um for those who haven't seen it and for those who don't care about spoilers the barbie movie starts off with 
Margot Robbie in basically Barbie Land, which uh, it's funny because they never explain like what Barbie Land is. Like there's Barbie Land, then there's a real world, and then yeah. someone for like half a second is like, "Wait, is this like an alternate dimension?" Or like, and they're like, "Yeah." They said off. they said like imagine it as a village in Sweden or something. Yeah, and then they just didn't <laughs> elaborate. They're like, yeah, yeah. just imagine it as if it's like a village. In Which Sweden. like I kind of understand. Yeah, like you I hear about that. like those like dementia villages in Sweden that are like perfect. Did they say Sweden land. or Scandinavia? I forget. What they I think say. they said Sweden. Yeah. yeah, and so there's um Margot Robbie in this Barbie land where every day is perfect and like they have all their Barbie dream houses and there's all these Kens that whatever. It's just like this perfect pink land where all the women like run everything and they like go to space and like there's a woman president and all this stuff and then barbie starts having these thoughts she's like in this dance party and she's like do you guys ever think about death and, and everybody everybody's stops, like, like are you talking about and she's like actually never mind yeah and it just goes through things like that where she's like her feet are flat her feet are flat she gets cellulite yeah it's like things that are like what's happening and so her barbie friends are like okay you need to go to the weird barbie and she'll tell you like how to fix it so this Which weird Barbies are right weird over Barbies. here. Yeah, it's a weird Barbie that the, the weird Barbie is basically um, a Barbie that has been played with too much. It's like she has her hair cut up in all these different ways. She has like marker on her face. She's constantly in the splits and like <laughs> is wearing crazy clothes, which is so accurate to what is the fate of many Barbies. Yeah. At least the ones that I have owned. Yeah. At least like 50 of them have bangs and they never work out because the hair isn't made for bangs it's just not yeah not home cut homegrown <laughs> bangs like maybe professionally done but you're doing like a balayage treatment on yeah them. like sometimes i do like shampoo and conditioner and that would just ruin the whole thing oh you tried that i was about to say who's why is no one conditioning these, these no i hairs? i tried everything oh, I, d- okay. I gave them a spa treatment and then they okay. would just come out like withered and mm-hmm. i'm like how did this make it worse yeah. <laughs> um and so Barbie, uh, she, she goes to Weird Barbie, and she's like, okay, in order to fix this or something like that, you need to go to the real world and find the girl who, like, plays with you as a doll because she must be having weird feelings, and yeah. that's making you have weird feelings. So she and Ken mm-hmm. go to the real world, and they are basically just finding out that it's not at all what they thought it was like because Barbie thought that barbie like as a as an idea as a company like made it so that women realized that they could be anything like they could be an astronaut they could be the president they could be a physicist they could live on their own and all this stuff but so she went to when she goes to barbie land she's expecting that all these women are gonna love her and that it's gonna be this women-run world but it's not at all yeah and ken is just discovering what a patriarchy is and he's like i love this he's like this is great oh my god what this is all about men this is crazy because in the barbie world they like don't even like he they said like he only has a good day if barbie says hi to him or something like that yeah and they like don't really know where the kens live because all the barbies have dream houses and the kens just kind of are like somewhere all day just like waiting for barbie in a bunkhouse yeah they just like live in a bunker yeah uh, it was funny because on our way we were talking about patriarchy and people who think that they're not a part of the patriarchy and are critical of it. They're like not how, expecting how much of our society is yeah patriarchy based, and then it was just all Ken, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> discovering what the patriarchy is, and then kind of hilariously applying it to to Barbie Land, which of course the male activists i saw a headline this morning which was like barbie's anti-man which is so so not true (laughs) ridiculous and um i was on the way back from the movie theater i was talking about the the whole film with my dad my sister 
and one of them was like the way ken discovers like what the patriarchy is and he was like oh this is just all about men like i want to feel important this is so great and the way he just kind of falls into that so easily is kind of like shows how like little boys just grow up with it and they're like oh this is great and then they just never like oh yeah it's just like how it's they discover it and like well, i feel like it's just like ken is just like this yeah and he kind of acts thirst for power yeah. he acts like a little boy through the whole thing which i think is definitely intentional yeah 100%. i think the whole script is like especially when they're in barbie land is meant to be like as if it yeah, was yeah, people yeah. playing with toys when stuff about that yeah when ryan and i mean ryan gosling and Margot Robbie. First name basis now. First name basis. Because I'm like, there's so many Kens (laughs) and there's so many Barbies. Like, I don't know. I'd love to be on first name basis with Ryan, which I am already. But, um, so there was a scene where he was like, oh, Barbie, like, can I sleep over at your house? And she was like, why? (laughs) And he's like, because we're boyfriend, girlfriend. He's like, what would we do? And he's like, I don't actually know. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's like, and okay, something else was that, uh, Barbie didn't actually love Ken at the um at the end of the movie. She was like, "Oh, you need to learn how to be your own. You need, need to learn how to be your own Ken without me." Because it's like, "You love me, but I just don't love you the same way you do." Yeah. And what's so I feel like what's so accurate about that is at least when like I'd be playing Barbie like with my friends when I was younger, like Barbie never loved Ken. It was always Barbie with the other Barbies, yeah, yeah, like yeah. them hanging out doing stuff. And, like, if someone had a Ken doll, like, okay, maybe that'd be an interesting plot point. But, like, it was never about that. I, I, that's what. Yeah. And I liked how they, like, in the end, it was, like, everybody was, like, kind of wrapping up their own storylines. And then Will Ferrell, which is in the movie, the CEO of Mattel, mm-hmm. which kind of is, like, I could talk about that. I'll talk about that after, my mm-hmm. thoughts on that. But he's, like, okay, well, what about Barbie? And then he says, Will Ferrell's, like, oh, well, she's in love with Ken. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's, like well no she's not yeah and i was like oh that's like because in every single movie like that it kind of ends up like oh they do fall in love and everything's like good yeah so um when she and ken go to the real world and they discover that it's not what they thought it was uh barbie finds the the girl who's like was playing with her which is actually this mother um and she takes them back to barbie land and when she gets there ken had already gotten there first and made it like it was called what kendom land or something Ken, where the kendom instead of a kingdom it was kendom the mojo yeah. dojo At first it, was like, it looked like kendom which is weird but no it's kendom <laughs> and so it was like all the barbie dream houses had become what was it like dojo mojo casa ken houses yeah. where it's like oh they had mini fridges with beer in and them saloon and, doors. and saloon doors and they were constantly watching the godfather and, and had like, horses on tvs yeah horses <laughs> the like horses throughout was hilarious and then he was like at first i thought the horses were in charge but then i realized they were just extension of the men yeah <laughs> they were just men extenders <laughs> like to make them bigger <laughs> and so what's my point again i don't know i don't know but um, I was saying like how she didn't actually fall in love with him at the end, which is like so different. Oh yeah, and so she, uh, she takes Barbie takes this mom and this daughter back to Barbie Land with her, and then she's like, "Wait, what? What happened? Like, why is it like this?" And all of the Barbies are brainwashed into being like, "Oh wait, I love just like not having to think for myself mm-hmm. and just being able to just give Ken foot massages. Like, this is great." And giving them was it Brewski beers. Yeah, there was a lot beers. of like double double names for everything, you know. It was like a yeehaw horse and a brewski beer, just like all the weird ways he it was still Barbie, still Barbie's world in the cutesy way of being, mm-hmm. but he was just trying to to flash patriarchy on it all in a day. Yeah, 
which turned into, I guess they're playing the volleyball sort of Top Gun style. Yes. Yeah, that's so true. It's just, it's silly, but hit these big points. I cried twice. I, yeah, I cried, cried five I cried times. I, I, can, I don't yeah. think five, but a lot of times. Colin cried twice. For me, it was America Ferrara as the mother with the, that daughter relationship and that mm-hmm. just initial part and just like the fleeting nature of childhood mm-hmm. and you know why they forget the Barbie had me thinking about my niece who's like turning eight or nine and mm-hmm. gonna go into that and all the nice moments I had with her you know turning Barbies into weird Barbies and just like I I've, I don't know I full grown man crying in a yeah. theater at 10 30 yeah. in the morning watching yeah. Barbie it was just That's like was. at the end when the Billie Eilish song came on and she was holding like the ghost of the woman who made hers like hands and there was that montage it was yeah. just like how can you not get a little emotional yeah there was a lot of parts in the movie where it would be like barbie just sitting on a bench and she's just looking out into the world and like there are some good things like people laughing and then there's somebody that's going through something and like there was this really old woman next to her and she was just like you're so beautiful and i was like okay i'm crying it's great and she was like Mm -hmm. i know or like what'd she say yeah she was like like, yeah i know it or something like that I was just so like, this cute. is what's going on. This is so cute. But like I ex- Margot Robbie. Sorry. I ex- walked in expecting it just to be like, oh, like it's a Barbie movie. Like, oh, it's going to be like, yeah, so like, oh, silly. It's be and fun like, and yeah. It was really funny. Was oh, yeah. Fun. It was super good. But like, but, like there were points where it was like, oh, wow. Like, that's really yeah. interesting. Holding the mirror up to every single person in the audience and just yeah. like, consider what it means to be human. Yeah. And wow, is our society built? Is it which is very strange is it built for a fairly around gender and marriage and relationships. Which is so interesting because they advertise it in this way. It's like, oh, it's just like a fun Barbie movie. Like, oh, everybody's like dressing up and yeah. like she goes as a joke. And then you get there and it's, everybody's like, oh my God. <laughs> well, she has an existential crisis and is face down. Yeah. And she, everyone I feel like was pushed to that. Like, I'm yeah. right after this, I'm going to have to go lie face down for a little bit and deal with this. Yeah. Even though it was uplifting at the end, there was just so much to consider. It was, it was powerful. Yeah. Brilliantly written. Brilliantly acted. I think Margot Robbie was absolutely incredible and perfect. And we probably couldn't make a Barbie movie at any time until she became available to us. Well, they've been trying to make that movie since 2011, I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But they like hired multiple writers, hired multiple Barbies, and all of them couldn't do it. There was one writer, I forget her name, but she was like, I, no matter how hard she tried to like sit down and write it, she just never could. Mm. Which I feel like that kind of makes sense. Like if you're doing There's a Barbie so movie, that's so. It. It's also a lot of responsibility too. Yeah. But I feel like the way that they did it, it was really well done. It was excellent. Another yeah. another time that I cried was when, um, Barbie went back to Barbie Land, and Ken was like, "Oh yeah, this is about the men now," and she was just like, "What?" Mm. So it just like reminded me of when I s- like I'll be hanging out with these boys, and they're like, "I'll know them." since they're like 10 or something and then i'll see them again and they're like 17 and then they're just like so different and like just like so like a part of this and i'm like they're what not, happened yeah they yeah. weren't like themselves they were kids and now they're just patriarchal cops <laughs> in a wheel yeah, just okay. wearing a suit in a okay. bank lobby <laughs> dismissing their their secretary but at that moment too when that happens and he like is miming he's like oh yeah i love that the way he dismissed her yeah ken saw um, he was just like walking around LA or something, and he was he went to this building and he saw this ma- like this group of men talking, and then this woman like secretary she came up to them trying to tell them something, and the man was just like, oh no, like you have to wait over there or something like that, and then Ken like did the same mannerism of like with his finger up like 
telling her to go do something else and he's like oh he's like oh this like is oh i love that I like, like oh i want to do that i want to like shun a woman away and yeah like this is great <laughs> oh, yeah, I, that's right that was that was the beginning of it of the end or the temporary end of barbie land yeah shout out greta Ger- greta Gerwig is the writer director she had done she did a great job lady bird she did the little woman remake mm. um big month for greta's shout out our greta producer Love you, Greta. It is, the, it is the summer of Greta. Yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> Greta summer. Um, so she gets equal credit for just making sort of a monumental film that deserves. This will probably be the biggest non-superhero, like non-Transformers film in years. It's mm-hmm. already just broken the. It's it's the biggest debut of, of the of this year at 150 million dollars, and mm-hmm. we're only two days in. Uh, Oppenheimer's at 80 million, which is probably proportional to how you know. Barbie should be a more universally accessible and marketable concept than the yeah, Oppenheimer. We'll get into that at soon. You're wrong in your, some of your things, but Oppenheimer was a okay. much different film. Well, we'll These were see. two incredible we'll films. We'll have two, two very different. We'll battle it out, and I'll be the I'll be the neutral party. <laughs> oh it, yeah, it. we'll try to convince you. AMC, Lowe's, Regal, they must have played a part in this Barbenheimer creation, which is kind of genius. Genius to tie it and tie up to and double yeah. feature. I wonder. I wonder if that didn't happen, how successful Oppenheimer would be. So like, if Oppenheimer so was, r- r- like, next week, True. No, no, it If be? it had separate weeks, I think it would have been fine. I think not having the Barbenheimer and just letting Oppenheimer come out at the same time as Barbie and not have it connected, that would have hurt the movie's performance. Yeah, that's, that's, I, that's what I'm talking about. They were complaining about being released in the same day, so they had to do it. But if I think if Oppenheimer came out on its own two weeks from now, and had its own. I feel like it would floor. be so much, so many few. I think so it, much fewer if people. If the eighty million, it may, it maybe maybe ten million, fifteen million of that could be attributed to the Barbie. I think because w- no one's a big deal. No one's a big deal, but also like Barbie is a huge Barbie's a deal. That, deal. that movie has been that, that movie's yeah. been marketed for at least like six months by now. Yeah, because also Barbie is was uh, Greta Gerwig was saying that it's a movie for like everyone, like really everyone. And PG thirteen. Yeah, but it's like there's. She said it's like a party and everyone's invited, and that's yeah. what she wanted it to feel like. Which I feel like they definitely did a good job. And the thing yeah. about Oppenheimer is that I think uh, Colin's right in saying that if it had come out like a week later, it was like Oppenheimer would be a type of thing where it's like okay, a certain group of people is gonna watch it, but because it's like a three-hour movie about the creation of the atom bomb, and you're like, okay, how many people are actually gonna sit down? I and definitely watch would not this? have watched it if. It wasn't tied to Barbie. I don't think I would have watched it. Yeah, it was important for us to qualify f- as Barbenheimer viewers. I think it's crazy that people actually pulled it off after the three hours of Oppenheimer. Maybe it's because I'm a oh, senile yeah. man, but I was ready for to sleep for two days. But, but you I know was, why like, I so think exhausted. it worked, it really worked for Oppenheimer is because, like I was saying, there's only was kind of going to be the certain group of people that was going to watch Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. It now became since everybody's watching Barbie, and mm-hmm. this is kind of this joke that, okay, if you're watching Barbie, watch Oppenheimer. Now there's no longer just a specific group that's going to go watch. It's like the people that are going to watch Barbie are going to watch Oppenheimer. You and know I, what I mean? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who saw Oppenheimer some somewhat mistakenly this weekend. Who were just were like, this is on the part of the Barbie train. And they were just like, what? Why did What just happened? <laughs> why was it? Why did they explode? Also, I why saw this. Suits? <laughs> why were they wearing pinstripe suit pants like Sindhu? <laughs> but I saw this thing on TikTok that was like, oh, there was this like – explosion but there was like 30 seconds of silence and then it was like yeah yeah, yeah. Whoosh, like this super loud like yeah we'll talk about that should well, we just start talking about that well now? let's go back to i want to get into some audience moments and that might be a good transition from barbie first i want to get back to barbie 
you're saying how it was accessible to everybody, mm. but it was PG thir- PG thirteen, so it was interesting going to the ten a.m. showing because I expected it to be like a bunch of you know seven eight year old girls with their Barbies, mm. just like oh my god, you know this is a big thing, which it might have been. I feel like Barbie has been a less popular doll than it used to be, but maybe I'm too old to know any of those things. Mm. Uh, but yeah. the, the 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 little girl who was sitting like across the the handicap gap from me. I could tell it was a big deal. I was getting maybe it was re- reminding me of my my, my niece because my niece is so excited about PG thirteen movies right now. <laughs> she saw Terminator two and that was huge, and like the spike going through the head. And then we saw we watched Kindergarten Cop together, which is PG thirteen, and she watched it nonstop for six weeks afterwards. <laughs> That's so cute. Anyways, and so this kid, I could tell she had had that discussion going into it. So when there was the moment when they talked to the, the security guards, and. Uh, not security guards, like the construction workers mm-hmm. when they're going through Venice. And oh, she, oh. she like assumes it's going to be a bunch of female construction workers with empowerment. She's like, oh, this is going to be a great spot yeah. for me to get a little conversation. And she, and she just gets catcalled and and you know diminished, and then she says, "I don't have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I have and no genitals, and he doesn't have a penis. Yeah, to and can. he doesn't have genitals either." And they're like, "Oh, that's that's okay." <laughs> and she, this little girl, was like, "Don't worry, Dad. I don't know any of that is." <laughs> Because like, oh, he, yeah, like, he had like given him like she he was like nervous laughter with her like can you believe we just met? and he was, he was like don't worry about it no, I've got no context for that let's keep enjoying this movie <laughs> right? it was like so business hilarious and then she was you know mostly just loving the movie and then there was one other point where the PG thirteen where they have space to make their we'll bleep this out the, when the president says mother f- mm-hmm. and that's their one swear word but they bleep it out with the little Mattel s- symbol and she turns to her dad and she's like I know she said mother f- don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> and it was just adorable and it was definitely like this is a pg i was like about to text my sister like my niece needs to watch this movie right now it hits all the notes not only is it about a, a girl's toy but it's like a little edgy and pg-13 so mm. she's feeling like a big a big girl watching this so it's mm. like that whole just that's what it, it does hit everybody but it was i think smartly sort of aimed at an older audience because it's a phenomenon yeah and they also had an aspect which they didn't show in the trailer i don't think which was like they had this narrator that mm. would pop in for a little bit and helen mirren shout out and um there was a part where uh margot robbie like she was like experiencing all these like human emotions and she was like i just don't i'm just not beautiful enough or she said something like this or she was like yeah like i just feel like i'm never i'm never gonna be enough like i'm not beautiful oh, and then yeah. it like they like kind of stopped it for a second and the narrator was like note to the writers uh, Margot Robbie is not a good cast to, like good to capture this to moment. Like yeah, to capture yeah. this moment. Well, it's like she's she's come out of her existential crisis, and she's just kind of her her lipstick and her and her eye makeup is gone. Yeah, and then but I'm it's like still okay. Margot Robbie, and she's still being gorgeous. Like, I'm not stereotypical Barbie beautiful, and, and everybody like, was thinking, we're like, pretty sure this is still the most beautiful human being I've ever seen in yeah. my life. And I thought it was a little bit of like a break the fourth wall, but I think it was a good moment, and they probably did that in post editing, being like. Listen, having the eyeliner off her isn't yeah. uglified her enough. Yeah. And that's se- <laughs> it does seem like that moment might have been what the previous Barbie concept was, not to throw shade at Amy Schumer, but it seemed like it was more like post-existential crisis, Barbie just becoming more, you know, normal physically and a- as a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they just I think it was probably leaning too heavily into that mm-hmm. without hitting all the mainstream elements of Barbie, mm-hmm. which this did masterfully and just making homages to every yeah. Barbie yeah. toy that's ever been and created. And every, like, thing that really, like, the people that uh, consume Barbie also talk about, which is, like, when Barbie came to the real world and she went up to this group of teenage girls and she was like, hey, like, I'm Barbie. They were like, we hate you. That was amazing. They were like, 
Because the thing is, and like she, cl- they called point. her a fascist. Yeah, they were like, yeah, you're a fascist. <laughs> like your unachievable body goals. Like da da da. And it kind of felt like, to whoa. me like another part of like women will never be like perfect how everyone wants them yeah. to be because it was like even though it's like okay margot Robbie's stunningly beautiful and everything and it's like all these barbies are like oh you can be an astronaut like you can be a physicist like you can be whoever you want barbie as an idea was kind of supposed to be like showing women that you can do anything and it's like even that will is not enough do you know what i mean even that is like there's people which i mean i totally get it but there's still people that are like yeah this is well she's unach like there's no way anyone will ever be that perfect or beautiful and it's just giving people this wrong idea about what you're supposed to look like and it's like true but you're also kind of missing what she's also representing yeah. which um my dad was telling me about this article that he read i think it was the new york times where it was talking about one of the first barbie like that came with like a set and it was just this like little cardboard room that didn't have a kitchen or like a bathroom or anything it was just this yeah. bed and it had like stuff like she had a little poster board about like different colleges she wanted to go to and it was like showing like oh this barbie is like living on her own and she's like she's going to college or like maybe this is her dorm room or something and she doesn't need like uh like doesn't come with a chem like she doesn't need someone that's like making this life for her like she's just doing it herself and it's like that's the idea that i think made barbie like really like yeah a good a great toy but there's also that part where it's like oh well she's she's just perfect and not like i'll never be like that it's unachievable and like, it's unachievable yeah i did a i did a little bit of like research before the movie and like watched some like youtube videos and stuff and barbie's been around for like 53 years i think mm. and before that and they talked about this in the beginning of the movie every doll for girls was about being a mother yeah i was like oh this is a baby doll and then you can like play at being a mother and like iron their clothes and all this yeah. stuff and it was like and then like barbie was like oh you don't just have to be a mother and like yeah. stay at home you can be an astronaut and like all this stuff and i think like what you were saying before like barbie this is what i was thinking during the movie like barbie you know it's not as i wouldn't say it's as big as it was maybe 20 years ago when like everybody had a barbie mm-hmm. you know i don't see like a lot of barbie stuff anymore that just changed yeah (laughs) the next 10 years is run by barbie yeah that's true let's be real but what i was thinking was like for the people a reason why i thought that it was really really smart that they made this for everybody Mm -hmm. is because the people that it probably was a really big part of and like the people that were buying barbie the people that were buying barbies are now mothers they're now like yeah grown normal people yeah and like to have that like real conversation that they were having in the Barbie movies of like what it means to now be regular yeah. that you're not like a child anymore. Yeah. I think that was really smart. That was great acting by the mother and the the, the mother American flag and the, the, the daughters who the, that actress was she's new new to the scene. Mm-hmm. That felt so real and that turn from her being the typical I'm done with Barbies I'm kind of done with you mom to coming around and it was you know, it was maybe a little bit, you know, on the nose emotionally, mm-hmm. but it did have me deep in the feels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. And, I, and I believed her change. Mm-hmm. Uh, her that she was supposed to be, they're saying, you know, she's tween, so maybe she's 12 or 13, the character. She's probably a teenage actress. She did yeah. an excellent job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, and she said to me that, like, when she was talking to Barbie, she was like, men hate women, women hate women. It's the only thing we can all agree on. And it was, like, just her starting off as this, like, trying to like not trying to be cool but like 
not supporting women in the same way that Barbie wanted everyone to. And yeah. it was kind of like defeated. Yeah. It was someone that was that that line was the voice of a young girl who had been defeated by the patriarchy. Yeah. To say that it's just accepted. And then that we she have to beat hate. the patriarchy in Barbie Land. <laughs> she like a boss. She did. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh that speech from the mom that was breaking it out of it. We have we could get some recording of that. Um, yeah. Right now, I'm ready to. I'm not ready to make a shift, but I think we need to focus in. Should we take a, a break? Little, a little no, break. no, no break. We want. I want to no focus breaks. in on a certain element of Barbie, in of what the movie we just watched, and that is Alan. Alan was a bit of a curveball here. Alan was a great curveball. He was really good. He was an excellent curveball. He was an excellent. Do we know a little bit about the history of Alan? Because I, 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 I'm sure I you're going to tell us a lot more than I know. So I believe it was just 1964. This is Alan. It's set in the box. He fits in all of Ken's clothes. Like that was the idea, and it was just like basically. And it's like Ken's like roommate. Ken's roommate, but get this. I'm I'm doing a little bit of research. Guess who who, uh, Alan had a relationship with. Who? Ken. Ken. Midge. <gasps> the pregnant Barbie. <laughs> who they keep, they didn't make that connection, but apparently in the actual Barbie verse of the toys, that <laughs> is Alan's baby. Oh in that my Midge god! Wow. So in the in the for those who don't know, in the Barbie movie, they briefly were like, "Oh, this is Barbie Land, and this is where all the dream houses are, and this is Midge. She's, uh, she's a pregnant Barbie. She was discontinued because it was weird." And the, she comes back around again with Will Ferrell. Sees he's like, "Oh God, I thought we discontinued you." Yeah. Just like the sh- the sight of a of a pregnant woman scares this man so much. <laughs> yeah. But it would have been, I guess, it was it didn't fit the how they were portraying the young Alan character for him to be uh, the dad expected of father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to see that that would have more people that might be the biggest element that comes out of this recording is that people need to know that Alan is that the father. That Alan, Alan is, is the father, the father. of Midget's unborn child. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Alan. Uh, I think was a great character because he Michael also Sarah, yeah. yeah Michael Sarah played Alan and he was great because he didn't really he wasn't like Ken in the same ideas that he had and the way that he acted. And he kind of like was like just wanted to get out of Barbie land. He was more just like a normal person. He was just like a normal guy that was like like oh there's all these Kens there's like a thousand Kens but there's like one Alan. And so he's like oh hi, hi Ken hi Barbie hi Ken and then like I don't think anybody really ever said like hi Alan. Like <laughs> it was just like a weird separate thing. That's why <laughs> it, and he didn't fall under the spell of the patriarchy. And he was also forced to rub Ken's feet. No, he was. He, off, he said something about. He, he was didn't forced want to, to rub someone. He didn't want to rub feet. any more feet. He was like, yeah, I don't. And want he was to like, that's why I like don't want to be in the patriarchy anymore. Yeah, just like, yeah. He's like, I'm done. And, and then there was feet. a great moment with the wall. Oh yeah, so they were first um, political. <laughs> so Barbie, uh, Alan, uh, the mother. What was her name in the, in the movie? In the movie, did uh, she have a name? Uh, if she did, I don't uh, remember. Uh, this IMD page, IMDb page is a mess of just Barbies and Kens. Like, America Ferrar. We'll call her America. America and her daughter. So the four of them. They were trying to leave uh, Kendom, mm. and they passed this group of Kens who were, like, were in the construction <laughs> outfits, and they were like learning how to – I think I was laughing too hard during this because I, so I didn't really hear what they were saying, but it was like they were building this brick – like wall, but so they nobody were just could get out. Not you know normally how you, when you build like a brick thing, you go vertically. Like you lay the bricks down, and then you lay another layer on top of that. But they were just going vertically, like they were just making a, a this skinny tower of bricks. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, when they figure out how to build it Sideways. horizontally, it's gonna be over. Yeah. Like you gotta get out of here. <laughs> you gotta get out of here. Which was a great shot at. Yeah. Uh, just the fact that oh, how patriar- many pens does it take well, to build a brick wall? Well, that too. But patriarchy's taking over Barbie Land. Let's put up a wall. We gotta keep people out. Yeah. <laughs> 
which <laughs> is just right. Just the, the perfect amount of just a little bit of a suggestion about some things that happen politically in this country without going over the top. Yeah. I'm sure a yeah. few people might have gotten all huffed and puffed about it, but. I really want to see, like, uh, like one of those very conservative, like, male podcasts, like, react Review. to this movie. Yeah, react to this movie. I feel like that would be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really sad that I saw that that headline of it being anti-man and the which is just it's so crazy i I don't want to give voice it's so crazy that you can watch a movie like that and immediately go back to yourself yeah and be like as like a man i wasn't like looking at the struggles of women and being like (sighs) like while they hate ken they like (laughs) like they they like hate me like why would like oh like I'm a, like what? Or just yeah. being like, it's not my fault that the patriarchy is oppressive. Like I was just born into it, man. Like, yeah, like stop whining. It's like, very yeah. Like, like this movie is be good. by women about women for women. Yeah, but also but grown also men can cry. Grown men <laughs> can and will cry and, yeah. during it, and they don't have to feel. I don't know why you can watch something like that and feel victimized yeah. by yeah. watching a Barbie movie. It's big for the girl dads too. The girl dads out there. Your girl dad haven't seen Barbie yet with your kids. Get out. Shout there. out to my dad. Yeah. Shout out to out. girl dads yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Shout out to the girl world. dads. Just those two little edgy moments that I already mentioned, but that little girl had it covered. Yeah. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't know what that was. And yes, she knew the word that they said behind that Mattel sticker. <laughs> uh, just for reference, America, this character's name is Gloria. Her mother's Gloria. Gloria. Mm-hmm. And Ariana Glean Ariana Greenblatt being introduced to the world as Sasha. Oh, yeah, yep, Sasha, uh-huh. that's right. That was really excellent. And sometimes yeah. that can be really hit or miss, and that's so important. I feel like the director of a film to connect with, you know, a super young actor, the teenager, the teen, reminds me of the film we made, Haywire. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> my. Cut that out. That needs <laughs> to be a different episode Cut where it. we can talk about that. Yeah, we have to eventually. But just that, that is so powerful to get the someone who's just, you know, totally green to the process to properly participate and emote and just nail that role and, and that was, um, for me that was a key part when I, what another part that was great was towards the end when uh gloria you said and like the barbies like basically got the other barbies out of this brainwashing and like did this whole bit where they distracted all the kens by making them fight each other so that they could go fix barbie land like while they were fighting each other mm. and when they got back ken was so like he was, you know, was, was crying in Barbie's dream house. He was like, yeah, but I just, you know, Barbie was like, oh, like, can you know, like, it's okay to cry. And he was like, yeah, I'm a liberated man. Like, I know it's okay <laughs> to cry. It doesn't, I know it doesn't make me less manly. But was great about that part was, that was so funny. But um, also, Barbie was like, no, like, it's okay. Like, you learn, how, you have to learn to become your own person. And he'd be like, are you right? And then he'd like, try to kiss Barbie. And she was like, no. And then he'd be like, oh, my God. Like, he's, because like, I know that happens a lot where it's like, these sometimes these men would be like just so horrible like oh my god i'm gonna do this or, I'm, this is so horrible or whatever and then they like try to like kiss them or something like that and it's like she was just like no like it's okay like you can be your own person and she just kept rejecting his advances like i'm trying to help you but i'm not like i just don't love you like that because for decades every strong woman represented through film or television for the most part that character is resolving in some happily ever after to you know have a man or have a family like that's their end goal mm-hmm. and, and I this one like was very intentional to be like no you could be just nothing you could just be like a regular old yeah. human being who wakes up every day and chooses to do what they need or want to do and for like a barbie movie like in my mind going into it, i was like expecting very stereotypical like the normal tropes 
So I was expecting mm. that. So to not see it, it was like really, it was a really good choice, Greta. Great yeah. choice, Greta. Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Yeah. <laughs> not the producer. <laughs> our, for our, for our, our producer. For our listeners, our, our, our Greta is just looking over to us eagerly, thinking that oh, she gets some credit <laughs> for creating Barbie. Yeah. And you know what was great was, um, I think, how Barbie, like, how her ending was resolved. Because the, uh, the CEO of Mattel, he was like, oh, but, yeah, like, Barbie was like, what's my ending? And he was like, oh, you're in love with Ken. And everybody was like, no, she's clearly not. Yeah. And then the um, creator of Mattel, they had um, her in the movie. She's passed, but they had someone play her as, like, oh, the, her ghost. Yeah. And Ruth Handler, who is, to just give you a little, before you get it. The the origin of Mattel was this guy Harold Matt Madsen. I think that's the Matt in Mattel, mm-hmm. and then the husband and wife team Elliot and Ruth Handler. L the the L and Matt L is from the Elliot. Mm-hmm. The typical, of course, the men get a, a part of the name. Yeah, and Ruth was probably in Ruth named it all after her daughter and, and had all those elements of creation. Another element. Guess what Ru- Ruth Handler's son in law's name was? Alan. 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 Oh my <laughs> so I god. Think that's just you know another dig. I don't know if it was the Alan was married to the Barbara. The Barbara was named after. Her. But they're taking some shots <laughs> at our boy <laughs> Alan. Imagine being the son-in-law. Well, I guess he's actually he where, thought, like, that Alan, Alan might Alan be alive. Now? Yeah, oh, we where is Alan him. today? We get him on the podcast. Yeah, we gotta get him on the pod. And just he probably wasn't embarrassed until this moment right now. Until this podcast went no, viral probably, around the world. I bet Midge is a real person too. <laughs> oh my god! I bet he cheated. <laughs> <gasps> That's oh, crazy. Oh my god! Wait. Now this is a conspiracy theory pod, Barbie podcast. <laughs> I would totally love to link to Welcome to that. Kids These Days, where each week we explore a different Barbie deep conspiracy. conspiracy theory about the Barbieverse. <laughs> Welcome to 2023. <laughs> Our 100 million views <laughs> per week. You know, like the thumbnail is like, Alan was actually Barbie's boyfriend. What? <laughs> and he, and and he cheated on her with Mitch. baby's daddy. Oh, no. <gasps> oh, my. So he did cheat on Barbie. Um, Gre- it's possible. Ruth's that's today's oh, conspiracy. Oh, that's and, uh, crazy. And maybe that's why Ruth had to s- to stand down. All the drama in the family. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting off the point. Okay. I want I want to hit a little bit about uh, representation in the Barbie movie, and then we'll translate. And then I have one more thing to say. And about then it. we'll get one more thing in from from Colin Kenny. What was, what was I saying right before you? Uh, it wasn't important. Don't okay. <laughs> and then yeah, what okay. you say, <laughs> what you say is not important to do. Saying like that's not important to the only woman on this podcast was <laughs> really yeah, interesting. It's not, it's not important. I learned really that. interesting. It's not important well, at I all. I learned actually. about patriarchy. Yeah, actually, just how about you shut actually, up? Actually, like maybe you should go into the other room. Actually, this should be like actually a shut her mic off. Shut her mic off. Actually, somebody mute her mic. I learned that move in the lobby scene where Ken picked that up. You just that's not important. There's a young boy out there somewhere who just saw you do that. And was like, "That's a great and is going to become idea. the president of the United <laughs> States." <laughs> that young boy who was who that, that boy is patriarchy ready. That boy who was the probably the brother of the girl and got dragged to the Barbie this morning. Who was looking up the runtime? Oh, he's he's patriarchy he is ready. Investment <laughs> banking, get ready. You just put in his resume now. He'll be he's there. He's red pill. Wall Street. Red pill on the way. Twenty forty. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so we wanted to get into representation, which you could probably take away because you you noticed uh, an element of one of these actors where we have this great natural representation without over-focusing or over-harping on the point, which would be nice to get past the filter of those odd male activists who are anti-everything and anti-progress. But can you speak to it? 
yeah, there was one Barbie. She was the a red haired Barbie. I think she was a doctor mm-hmm. in it. I noticed that she was a trans woman, mm-hmm. which I thought was very like they didn't hint at it. They didn't say anything about it. Yeah. But I n- noticed her from something else and I knew that she was trans and I was like, oh, like that's so that's a choice that I feel like could have been very risky, mm-hmm. like for a kid's movie, like they would know looking at that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so like happy that they actually did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it really just was like, and they didn't hint at it at all. They didn't like treat her any different. Yeah, because that's, I think, was um, uh, kind of like an interesting thing that I noticed was like in the Barbie land, it was like, for the most part, they just, there's no like judgment between all of them. And like, yeah, there was a, the part where she was like, guys, like I have flat feet. And one of them was like, it's okay. Like, let me just look at it. And then they were like, oh my God. Like, because it was just like, they have never seen that before that it was like so shocking and weird. Yeah. But like, it was just like, they all have like parties every night and they just want to hang out with each other. And it's like, they, I don't know. It's just like, seemed like such a sweet place to be, but also super exhausting to go to a party every they night. They also had like, you know, there was like a bigger Barbie. There was a Barbie in a wheelchair at one point. At yeah. another point, there was a Barbie in hijab. Yeah. And it was just, like, it wasn't like they were, like, there are movies out there that, like. They really force, like, representation. Where they force, like, okay, they have a gay pin, then they have, like, a this pin and, and this pin on their jacket. all into one character. All into one character. It's like, this is a gay, lesbian, like, And like they make jokes about it. They talk that, about it all the time. Yeah. But they just, like, I don't know, Barbie just kind of, like, showed it in passing. Yeah. Which I feel like was really yeah. smart. Yeah. So true. Just shout, shout out the Barbie, uh actor's name Hari Neff yeah the trans 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 woman I'm just I so I searched Barbie transgender actor and there's this horrible conservative site that's the first hit Uh, maybe it's because my Bing somehow is defaulted into my browser still but it (laughs) says Barbie actor Hari Neff a man who claims to be a woman explains how film is trying to normalize transgenderism and just put this like a chill down my spine that's really that it's like the thing is that wasn't that character what? wasn't even like and also wasn't even about that like there kids are gonna watch it yeah kids are gonna watch it and they're not gonna first of all they're not gonna realize and they're not gonna care so, so like well we straight up argued about it in the car where you're like there was a transgender actor oh yeah and you didn't was, even and know I was like, no what you're like, no there I was, was thinking, not i was thinking <laughs> me i was thinking uh, we were talking about a different barbie to be true but you're saying you, your, your radar for you know well, I noticed. Yeah, I noticed. Someone's, you know, transitioned or, or whatever. Careful, my my artist. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> tell your mumbling uh, over what? there. Yeah, I'm gonna start mumbling. Um, it was just funny the fact that it was so natural. It wasn't over. It wasn't a Ken who became a Barbie or a Barbie became a Ken. It's mm-hmm. just this is an actor playing Barbie who is beautiful and fits the role. Yeah, and it's seamless. Which a lot keep moving. A lot of movies and like TV shows, I think, could. I think learn this was from that. this is the best transgender representation i've i've seen in within that variable mm-hmm. in terms of just not making that the focus and it's about normalizing yeah, just yeah. Like, this is just a thing that happens of course if we have 25 barbies the percentage points say that we should have one barbie who happens to be a, you know a transgender yeah. yeah i just feel like i hate to say the word transgender i should just yeah, you should also, just stop, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Mute his mic too. Yeah, mute his mic. Colin, just take it away. Solo show. I'm out. Evan's out. (laughs)
It's time to take over. Ooh, I belong I'm ready. in the mojo. Okay, I, I live in a mojo dojo casa house. That's what it feels like. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's what the, uh, the Kens called the the they're like man caves when they turn all the Barbie dream houses into man caves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so, so do you have one more thing to say about Barbie and then we'll I do. Pop it on it? Yeah. It's not about representation or anything like that. It's about I saw that they didn't use any CGI. That the Barbie houses are a real they're place. They're real. All the sets are real. There's no CGI. There's like wires and stuff, but everything else it's just like all natural. And I like saw like Margot Robbie in a YouTube video, like this is a tour of the Barbie Dream House, and I was like, "Are you joking?" They mm. should make that a theme park. Yeah, because they have all of this stuff already. And like they when stuff. they were like traveling back and forth from like Barbie to like the real world, and it I was just like part. all of like the like cardboard or like yeah. pro- definitely not cardboard, but like the wooden like uh-huh. things about moving around. Like, uh, elf. The way he makes those transitions in, yeah. in Elf and Will Ferrell with like the sort of semi animation. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was really. A good choice. I just like that really a lot. It was spot yeah. on. The set designing was amazing. The costuming the was glasses. so the good. Costuming. Every single oh, and Margot Robbie's like her outfits for every single day of the press tour. We already talked about that, yeah. right? Oh. Well. But um <laughs> I love one of my favorite outfits was when she first went to see the weird Barbie and she was like in this little blue dress with her cute ponytail and like little white collar. Like just all of them, how she kinda like also changed like every two scenes. Mm. That was I thought that was excellent too. And like it was, it was really good. It's not just a Barbie world anymore. I think it might be in a couple years of Margot Robbie's world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's the biggest star ever. I hope she got paid properly for this. Oh, let's look at it. continues to just be paid just absurd amounts of money. And it's just, unfortunately, she's Australian, so we can't claim her as like a great American hope. But I wish she was American. Is Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling is American. Okay. So, but he's a man. <laughs> From IMDb, okay. Margot Robbie made $12.5 million. That's not enough. She should have had $30 million. Let's look at Ryan Gosling. Yeah, let's if Ryan Gosling made more than Margot made Robbie, any I'm more, walking out um, we're gonna have our we're independent <laughs> podcast. He made he more, He made right? the same amount. He made the same amount. Which okay. is not... No, it's criminal. Yeah, it's criminal. I think that Margot Robbie should have definitely... I think that's appropriate for him. Yeah, she should, she should have made, made 20. She should have more points in the back. This is why, the, this is why people are on strike right now. Margot Robbie's perfect singular tier should have gotten her at least another oh. ten million. Are you joking? If those tiers are real, if those tiers are real, that's ten million dollars. The only a tier. CGI I noticed was uh, there's one part where they're like doing this car chase scene and like this car like did some crazy thing. I'm like, that's the that's the only time. Oh, where when they, they used, like jump the curb. Yeah. They, like, the curb I'm saying all the like sets yeah, which are is, like, not. I'm saying yeah. that was so amazing. It's incredible. All of that was like I want to live there. I want to see those fake waves that yeah. aren't real. I want to see. They that should beach. have left that set up. If they did, they could turn they it could into as a museum. They could easily make Barbie so World's much money. coming. Oh my! Like an Airbnb. No, the like community. Yes. But you could just you know do that privately as a business. Someone like a weirdo could just. I know, but like the experience. No, it could be like a resi- it's like the a Barbie Dis- World like a experience. Re- it's like a Disney resort. Yeah, it's like Disney World's Disney World, now about Barbie World. Mattel, if you ever ever Are make a Barbie. Worlds and you don't give us ten billion dollars, <laughs> I'm suing. We are yep. verbal contract claiming one percent of the. Does Barbie anyone know world. the date today? The date is, confirmed? is exactly <laughs> July twenty third, twenty twenty three, three fifty eight p.m. <laughs> we claim you, Barbie World, even though probably a hundred thousand people had the exact same idea. <laughs> but no, they we're didn't. saying it. But we first. said it on a podcast <laughs> and recorded it and possibly published it. And I'll take it to the Supreme Court if I have to. That Supreme Court that is unfortunately not a Supreme Court of Barbies, but a Supreme Court of 
Oh, that Supreme Court of Bar. That was so good. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And when they were like, can a Ken be on the Supreme Court? <laughs> they were like, you can have a lower position. You can be a judge. <laughs> and then maybe one day you can have as much power as women do in the real world. Well, that was just the great straight gender swap. And if yeah. any man is feeling oppressed by what they've watched in the Barbie. You live in the real world. Go <laughs> take a moment and walk a mile in a woman's shoes because that's the point. And if you missed it. The Barbie we world is not real. an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so just, I guess, keep on walking in your shoes, jerk. Yeah. Um, no CGI. This might be our moment to talk a little bit about Oppenheimer. Another Should we take a break? Should we take a little break? A little break and then back into Oppenheimer. All right. Let's take a break. <laughs> Colin Kinney has to go <laughs> okay, to the bathroom. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk Oppenheimer. Uh, in this break, we will shout out our We're going to We're going to take a break. Kids These Days is brought to you by our presenting partner, Tustin Social. Serving the town of Tustin in western Sullivan County and the surrounding areas, Tustin Social is a recently established nonprofit organization set up to build strong community through connection and collaboration. Working in tandem with the existing local state not-for-profits, Tustin Social's holistic, multi-general approach aims to ensure we all live in a great place to grow up and grow old. Robust community programming, particularly focused on needs of families, youth, and seniors, has been the nonprofit's initial focus. Their youth club, in partnership with Tustin Social Commission, for kids 7 to 16 years old, is held every Wednesday at the Tustin Town Hall in Narrowsburg. With their fantastic partners, Bethel Woods Center for the Arts, DVAA, Western Sullivan Public Library, Chi Hive Gym and Wellness Space, they bring fun, engaging, after-school, creative, and performing arts activities. The program is free to anyone in the area. Weekly registration is required. Sage Sessions, in partnership with Growing Older Together, are open to anyone 60 years plus. A social afternoon gathering takes place on the first and third Tuesday each month between 1.30 and 3.30 p.m. at the Bridge Street Bakehouse in Narrowsburg. Delicious food and good company provides a great opportunity to spend time out with friends and to make some new ones. The program is free and no registration is required. Head over to the Tustin Social website, tustinsocial.org, to register for programs and sign up to their mailing list and be the first to hear about the exciting upcoming fall programs available to you. That's tustinsocial.org. They look forward to meeting you. Welcome back. Uh, we're back from our break, and we're going to talk about Oppenheimer, which I haven't seen. Edmund has seen, and Colin has seen, and they have very varying opinions. So about Edmund, you, you get to start us off. So again, we on, on Sky, our, our resident autophile and Kino experts, insistence. We went to IMAX in Dixon City, out of the way. I think it was the right choice. Big, beautiful curved screen and the proper resolution. Even I'm not sure if it was delivering... insufferable uh i don't think it was maybe quite the 70 mil it's, it's not clear i think it's a it's a uh unapproachable perf perfection standard that sky holds for these things but the uh the audio was it was an essential sort of part of the experience and not having that that sort of boom of the theater at that level yeah. where we're trying to sort of emulate the atom bomb because the audio in the theater would actually shake you like it's when you're like at a concert and like the bass is really loud and you mm -hmm. feel it. That's how it felt like with all the shots when the bombs were going off. Mm -hmm. So that was really good. It was a multi sensory experience. I as a kid I always like I wish that 
Smell-O-Vision would come in. I feel like that always comes in sometimes. You want to smell the bomb. I want, I want, to s- I want, I want some, <laughs> I want that, yeah, I want to smell some things. I like to smell, like, the, the dynamite. Like I the, the ex- what is an explosion? The sand of the desert. I saw a TikTok where this group of people went oh. to go see uh, Avatar Way of the Water oh, yeah, in, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 5D. So they were, like, being shaken. So it was oh. like, like, water was being like, splashed water on Water being them. sprayed and, <laughs> yes. like, they're just being just thrown <laughs> around. Give me the salt water like, smell. The sound super loud. Yeah, someone <laughs> eats a fruit. I want to smell that Somebody needs to smoke fruit. a cigarette in the audience, oh. like, the whole time for yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We needed the, the every time a cigarette smoked, pipe in some tobacco smoke, for sure. Um, <laughs> so I'm on the side that Oppenheimer could have you. I have notes on Oppenheimer. It was not worth three hours of my life. And Edmund was on the side that it is worth three hours of your life. And we're going to try and convince Sindhu to to watch it it or to not watch it. And she's going to have an answer by the end. So Edmund, would you like to start by your views? Well played. Well played, sir. So we can first, some connections to Barbie. No CGI. No CGI. There was no CGI. Did they actually blow something up? No CGI for the oh, yeah. explosion but scenes. I do not believe they detonated any full a- scale. <laughs> atomic I don't think bombs. that they detonated an atom bomb. Um, yeah, that was. But but they're using the explosion. There's a lot of you know. It's the beginning of the theory of separating the atom, and before that, he's working in uh, black holes and sort of you know astrophysics, and you see you sort of chart his. His 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 path from student to 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 teacher to to leader of of the Manhattan Project. Uh, it kind of has some feelings similar to A Beautiful Mind. Have you ever seen that that film? I have not. It's sort of old either. academia. We're in these you know the Princeton buildings with the you know nineteen twenties architecture, and they're all you know the a classroom full of of men with their suit jackets in the back and their skinny black ties. You know creating the origins of sort of modern science um the biographical parts you know it was sort of it did it did feel like there was multiple stories happening obviously c- connected through the biography and of oppenheimer but it was more about sort of capturing the the time going from sort of 1926 i think he starts as a student through the 50s and what was happening sort of on our side to adjust through coming out of World War One, going into World War Two, and then how the Cold War sort of inflects how how the Cold War sort of lived within our society. You see this with sort of the disagreements with the between the academics and the sort of main accusation against Oppenheimer, the idea that he'd be a communist, which also doesn't hit as hard as it as it would. Yeah, twenty five years from you know living in a post Bernie Sanders world where. The idea of like a socialist party in America is accepted and celebrated and something we're sort of progressing towards um, was not the case, even in my child in, in the 90s. And we explore a little bit this name McCarthy, McCarthyism, sort of the lead sort of mouthpiece of anyone who associates with communism and socialism is the enemy, is working with Russia. We need to kill them, you know, exile them. You know, lobotomize them. All these odd things that they're doing. So there's yeah. there's that sort of underlying tension, but then it's a lot of just like the the machinations of what happens politically, intellectually to get to the point of creating the atom bomb, while balancing the fact that it's like the biggest political contribution that'll be made to the world, and the world's about to change. One thing, one element that really holds that tension 
is the is the possibility, and this is true, that in theory there was a non-zero chance that the first time they they split that atom and had that 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 explosion or implosion, not enough of an expert to know the difference at, the, at this stage, um, that they would it would cause a chain reaction igniting the atmosphere, right? The hydrogen or oxygen. So the whole world, and the whole world, world would just up. would have yeah. just lit on fire. So I have one question. Everyone would be dead unless you're in the ocean. Is Oppenheimer like the name of the guy that made it? J. Robert Oppenheimer. Okay. So he was he he's a Jewish guy. His brother was in the Communist Party. He was sort of Communist Party adjacent as an academic because all like that's the cool house party. Like that's where everyone's going. I mean, uh, like that was the 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 idea of like how do we create you know in coming out of the depression coming out of all these times how do we create a society that's that's more more human focused there's a lot of good reasons for it but because it was dealing with bolsheviks and the rise of communism and socialism in russia those things just never really came together which is if you believe in this it's anti-american it's it's anti you know you need to go which yeah. was a big miss i think <coughs> by our country but we're finally coming out of those times. So what would you say would be the benefits to watching Oppenheimer? Florence Pugh is a ex- very talented actress. <laughs> she is she plays his love interest, sort of semi-fair. He's you know, he's kind of girlfriend as he meets his wife, who he gets more serious uh with um who's Emily Blunt, uh Jim from the office, his wife in re- in real life. And Florence Pugh plays it's this sort of complicated character where she she wants to call him, she, but he doesn't pick up, and she wants That's to show up. That's her whole character. Up, she wants to call him, but he doesn't pick no, up. <laughs> like, pretty much, yeah. Okay. And well, she's, like, a communist and, like, mentally typical, ill, and she drowns herself. Typical and, like, male me as a servant of the patriarchy, unable to capture this great, powerful female role uh, Which that the she movie, delivered. the movie doesn't, we talked about this in the car on the way here, but the movie doesn't pass the Beck, I don't know how you pronounce it, Beckville test, which essentially... Two uh, female characters need have to, to talk have to names each other. and yeah. have to talk to each other for about something that isn't related to a man. Yeah, that's, definitely that's does the not test. pass the test. That doesn't pass, pass that test. test. No, <laughs> no, not at all. I would uh, say that yeah. women in this movie make up probably less than ten percent of the total screen time, which is why you have to watch Barbie when you watch Oppenheimer. Yes, because exactly. it totally because you need you're like I need women somewhere. Yeah, just to balance the patriarchy. But I will say that when the women were in the movie. That was like when his wife is spoilers for Oppenheimer too. We're going to talk mm. about it. But when the wife at the end was pretty much like talking to the guys who were judging him and she like says that whole monologue, that was like one of the best parts. So, like the women in the movie did a really, really good job, but they yeah. just had very little screen time. Okay. And so you're on the side that it does not deserve three hours of your life. It does not. And why is that? Well, okay. Let me collect my thoughts for a minute. Mm. So, number one, Three hours is just way too long, in my opinion. I don't think any movie, unless it's Avatar: Way of the Water, yeah, because that's just like such Beautiful. like an incredible yeah. like that could deserve three hours. But when you're talking about just the creation of the atom bomb, yeah, it's like very complex, and you could spend like there could have been like four more hours added to that movie. But I don't think that there should be from an audience perspective. Like from a concept, it's very very interesting and like compelling to watch but from you go i think i think sky is exploding with words to be said and must speak the movie isn't about the creation of the atom bomb the movie is about oppenheimer stop holding the mic and the creation of 
the atom bomb. You're wrong. Stay in here, Sky. Oh, Share okay. okay. No, let him speak. Let him speak. No, okay. Sky's in sense. Sky loved this movie. Well, let me finish and my Sky thoughts. Sky's Dr. Kino. Yeah. Sky let me finish my thoughts. Yeah. Finish his thoughts. So, what was I even saying? Um, okay. So, yeah. From yeah Sky just patriarchs. It's dude. a very interesting and compelling concept, right? But from an entertainment like perspective, it's not entertaining. Like, well, certainly when compared to Barbie. Yeah. I but like you could have cut at least forty minutes of that movie and had pretty much the same payoff. Yeah. And that's my first qualm. Okay. <laughs> my second qualm is that throughout the whole entire movie, and it was actually driving me insane. Like I had there was points where I was gonna leave because I couldn't take it mm-hmm. and just like take a bathroom break. Mm-hmm. Because they would not stop playing like the score of the you know, like how in movies they like play like classical music, like mm-hmm. behind the scenes, to, like make it more dramatic. It didn't stop for the entire movie. Mm. Like even just when two characters were talking to each other, they would have this whole symphony behind them, and it was like I could barely even understand what they were trying to say. Yeah, in IMAX. In too. IMAX, because this symphony was playing right behind them, and it was the only time when it stopped was when the atom bombs were going off to like make it more dramatic, Do which you think I get. That it- the but you worked in making it more dramatic of having it the whole time, and the only time it wasn't playing was the no. s- silence no. with the atom bomb. No, uh, no, you're you're onto something. No, 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 no. Because your heart is closed. Go listen on. to my opinion. For you spoke for about five minutes about communism. <laughs> Let me talk about this. <laughs> so <laughs> they were like, um, it doesn't because you could have built it up in so many other ways they had like maybe a 15 minute shot of them just preparing the final test of the atom bomb like Mm. just no cut and no there was there were cuts and stuff but they could have had like such like a big like score leading up to that and then all of a sudden it cuts out Mm -hmm. but they didn't have to have it like when two characters were talking about very complex subjects they didn't have to have a symphony playing in the background taking away your attention okay you know what i mean yeah it was a little maybe overly self-important and then my third qualm was the order in which they were showing the movie. Because it, there were parts of it where it was, okay, this is in the present. This is in the past. This is, like, kind of in the past, but, like, a little bit further away. And, like, this is in the past, but, like, a little bit more in the future from what this was. Mm-hmm. And, like, the there way was that like they... A, there was a black and white future there and a, a regular color future. Yeah, so it was... And it really kind of helped in, like, paying attention to, like what was going on at what time but like they start the movie in the future which a lot of movies do and then they go back to like when it was being tested and then they go back to like this kind of future but not the present Mm -hmm. and they just keep on going over and over again with the symphony with like all these complex like scientific topics that they're talking about and all these problems that they have it's just like keeping track of all all of it in your head is kind of difficult so you basically you're just saying that it's not worth three hours because those three hours are full of confusing thoughts you're stressed out because it's about an atom bomb and you also don't know what they're talking and like yeah and like yeah it's like beautiful like the costuming in that movie was insane Mm -hmm. and like the cinematography nolan did a great job nolan did a great job okay sky (laughs) sky's gonna we're gonna give sky a couple minutes after he's gonna say his piece yeah he did a great job but i think that so much of it could have been cut. So much of it could have been made clearer. And I think that if you're choosing between Barbie and Oppenheimer, choose Barbie. 
Thank okay. you. Sky. Okay. I was gonna say I thought both Barbie and Oppenheimer were great films. Is the camera on her? Barbie stars, is Barbie. very much so more of a heartfelt entertainment movie film. Because it was. It was very interesting. I think it was very smartly written. I think it was a good movie. Oppenheimer is not that. Oppenheimer is like Requiem for a Dream. It's, you don't go into it you know, expecting just a little bit of fun, light entertainment. It's, it's a biopic historical court drama. And it's heavy. It's very. It's like a. It's a three hours long. I have a question for you. Yeah. So you say that you, that Barbie is this heartfelt, entertaining film. So you're saying you don't watch movies for the entertainment. Is why you enjoyed Oppenheimer. No, no. I thought Oppenheimer was very entertaining. Okay. It's a different type of entertaining though. It's the same thing with like Requiem for a Dream. You know. It was like intelligent suffering. Yeah, I haven't seen Requiem for a Dream, but everything I've heard about it is like I wanted to die after yeah. I watched this yeah. movie because it's about like this drug. Which I feel like you can do that, but also make it like fun to watch. It was <laughs> it was jarring coming into the sunlight. It was still sunny out when we got out of the theater, and it was like. So it's basically is that a for masochists. atom bomb. No, it's for it's no, for people it's that want to watch it who enjoy suffering. In you a enjoy way, film. yeah. If you if you love the the notion of of film and the study of, of film at, and at this way it's it's progressed and sky you can speak to this it keynote is the word right can you speak into the mic a little bit about keynote can you tell our listeners about it keynote is more of a feeling it can't be described <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> keynote is like you know tarantino movies are, they're, they're they're films that are focused on honoring the the history and progress of of of, of film it, it can be a little bit heavier it's not looking to yeah it was a beautiful film yeah i'll give you that but it was just it's not worth to me three hours of my life but again the big the big and you're right your your instinct about what they're doing with the sounds of the bombs there's tension built because there's a few sort of cheap big explosions that everybody was like, oh whoa like, ah like, i'm startled and then there's the big atom bomb moment where i had the instinct to kind of plug my ears but i, I didn't but the woman next to me did and she plugs her ears, but then they hold the tension. And while everyone's reacting, it stays silent. And I'm thinking about I'm, and like, it's I'm like really <laughs> thinking about her and her fingers yeah. in her ears. And I'm like, is this going to work out for her? Like, should I put my fingers in my ears? Like, how loud is this going to be? And we're, you know, I'm just sort of in, and I had to be sort of in that race, that horse race between this woman's fingers in her ears and Christopher Nolan. And just as it just seemed to be like, oh, this is a silent scene. That's the sort of juxtaposition he's creating. And she relaxed and took her fingers out of her. Kablam! The entire theater got hit by the atom bomb. She jumped out of her skin, and I was just like, nice. Nolan won that one. This is exactly how he wanted it so, to happen. So, uh, was it supposed to be like, oh, he's just making it silent so that the sound of the atom bomb is like, oh my god? Or was it because, like, um, the sound often takes a long time to travel. It was it was an exaggeration of the shockwave. It felt like because they were pretty close yeah. to it. Yeah. So that's where we're, that's where the mystery came in. Where it's like, well, if this is just the shockwave, we should have heard it already. That's why her fingers were still in there. Well, it was also like the whole time that you were waiting, they were like had like heavy breathing sounds too. Mm. Oh. So I think that they were also just trying to dramatize like the tension. Yeah. 
because the unknown tension for these people then is th- is this about to ignite the atmosphere and yeah. be the end of the earth yeah. <laughs> unless you're in Which a I submarine like, yeah. i feel like they kind of blow past that because they talk about that in the beginning of the movie and then they just like completely dismiss it which is a mm. huge point because this is something they dismiss that actually it until happened. after it happened pretty much yeah well they got it down you know very close to zero but look, matt damon's role in his amazing but they also like they blow through you sure like it's not zero it's just non-zero can we get to zero please like there's a, you're telling me there's a chance that it's like this could literally and life as we know yeah. it, and you're forever. still gonna do and you're it. You're just gonna try it out, but you're also gonna like blow past that fact and just like well, not even. They and went over the math. Speaking of the mic, they they went over the math, like, and it showed in the film. So Oppenheimer was it was pretty. He was like, probably it probably won't probably won't ignite the atmosphere. Yeah, we're probably fine. Yeah, they, yeah. And their hands were tied too because it's an arms race. So uh, one of the other rationales, like, all right, well, we might not destroy the world, but if we stop doing this, the Russians are still going to ignite the atmosphere. So we might as yeah. well, you know, yeah. play defense here, guys. Yeah, I understand that part of it. But it, then they also blow past the fact that, oh, when they bombed Hiroshima in the end, they, like, maybe have a couple shots, like, really, like, showing the moral, like, difficulty of what they did. But you could have, if you were going to make it three hours long, that would be the part to add those extra 45 minutes into it, that extra, like, hour. Yeah, that, that discussion that about, was, oh, we need to do it because the Russians are going to do it. It's like, okay, so you want to be the ones to blow up the world first. It's like, oh, yeah. if someone's going to, blo- like, end life as we know it, it better be us. might as well be us. That was where the shift was, and that's where me and Kyle can agree with the last 40 minutes where— It was just about him. Sky dis- exactly, and, and Sky was like, well, the film is called Oppenheimer, guys, which is— you know, hand up, that is accurate. <laughs> but wait, let me just finish up before you butt in. Um, the idea that it should have continued to be about the bomb, and that was the big, you know, the big moment. But it, then the the end is sort of dragging on about this tension about him being a communist, whether he's going to be, you know, stripped of all his associations. Really, the, it's about stripping his security clearance, too, which I was like, yeah. what does he care? Yeah. Well, he wants to still get the memos? Like, he wants the emails to continue? Like, <laughs> stop the emails. Well, by stripping a security clearance, um, I don't remember. The end did drag on a little bit. It, there we go. There we go. Colin thinks after the bombs drop and stuff, movie should have ended. No, I think that after the bomb drops, if Nolan really wanted to make it three hours long, he could have talked about the moral, like how morally difficult that was. Because you can't make, well, in my opinion, you can't make a biopic about a guy who started, who made the atom bomb and pay so much attention to the atom bomb and then try to pay attention to his life as well. Because, like, you're obviously not going to be interested in his life. You're going to want to know much more about, like, what's going on with the bomb that killed, like, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. And he was definitely, like, a quiet dude. Yeah, he wasn't he, interesting. He wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was interesting what he did, but, yeah, he wasn't, like... Uh, wasn't a big flavorful character. Well, who played Oppenheimer? Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. <laughs> Those blue got, eyes. Those blue eyes. He 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 starved himself for the role. He they claim he ate one. I think it was his co-star saying he ate one almond. I think he had a handful of almonds. One almond. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> he had about one almond. almond per day to get really gone. He just said almond. I say almond. Uh, al- almonds. Salmon. Salmon. Almond? I we say do, salmon and almond. We do live our region 
we have a tough region for these local dialects where it's like the water of Philadelphia hits the joys. I've never heard anybody say water. Well, you're going to come across the river. Oh, man. Us <laughs> over in Shahola, we got some stuff going on. Let's get back to the topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what was I even? I got into. Uh, which star- part of Oppenheimer? Sorry. Starving himself. Oh, yeah. Starving himself for the role to just be, yeah, that just what he was, which is just, you know, I think a pack of cigarettes, a cup of coffee. And a handful of nuts. He wasn't really probably into all the human sort of comforts we we enjoy. He's a purely cerebral genius who, and that was another point where like he's seeing things differently. Like one point he he goes to. Are you talking about C- Killian Murphy or Oppenheimer? I'm, I'm blurring the two. Back to his role as because he was just so good at Oppenheimer, you can't even tell. He well, was. Well, what he's trying he to was capture really as Oppenheimer, where he's like he, it's sort of an accepted aloofness. If you're that smart, you're just not that normal of a human. Where yeah. He goes to the the friends or the family members because they have a young baby, and he's like, yeah, like because he came home and the baby was crying and the wife was drinking. He's like, ah, can you guys maybe take, take him this child? And they're like, yeah, we were kind of wondering when you were going to come around and just do this. Because, like, girl, this is out of control. Like, look at what we're seeing with you, Ops. Like, Oppie. Ops. Yeah, he is the Ops. Uh, no, Oppie, as they call him. They do call him Oppie in the, in the film. They do? Yeah. Yeah. Really? I, w- I, couldn't hear, I couldn't hear over the extremely loud classical music <laughs> that was playing for the entire movie. They said I the word Oppie at least 400 times. I think Colin was sitting they too far to the right. They said the word Oppie at least 400 <laughs> times. I counted. Are you, are you bullying Stiver Shane? They said Oppie? Like this is a bully-free so zone. <laughs> so the patriarchy? Nobody Barbie, ever said it was bully-free. Barbie kills the patriarchy, and four hours later, Sindhu is just... Torturing this young boy. This is not right. This is not. Don't didn't you say what I was saying just wasn't important? Take an like yeah, didn't you ago? actually just silence her? As a the voice of a woman <laughs> in this country. <laughs> this is like Hammurabi's code. Eye for eye makes the world blind. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. No, you didn't. That's right. It's been around for thousands yeah, of years. Yeah, okay. I was going to say one other thing, and I can't remember it. Oh, my goodness. Qualm. My fourth qualm. Mm. can't remember. I, I think it's worth seeing in theaters. I think it would be a tough watch on streaming without proper audio and visual. Oh, it definitely. Would just be kind of a bore. Oh, this wasn't actually a qualm. This was a pro. Yeah. Because I did, spoilers, I did really like how it ended. Mm. Because there was a scene in the beginning where Oppenheimer went out to see Einstein when they're talking about, like, the math for, oh, is this going to destroy the entire atmosphere? And they were just talking about it. And then at the end, I forget what they said, but it was like, did we just? It was some line. Do you remember it? No. At the beginning, uh, into the mic, into the mic, Chuck. Yeah. At the beginning, it was uh, Matt Damon's character showing Oppenheimer around the this. No, facility. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, it was Robert Downey Jr.'s character showing him around. Shout out Iron Man. And uh, Einstein is out there, and then um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character is like. There's Einstein, you know, he's just out there. <laughs> Throwing rocks. <laughs> and then Oppenheimer was like, yeah, I know this guy. And so he goes down and he talks to him. Um, and then uh, then Robert Downey Jr.'s character goes down. Uh, he's like, he, he walks past Einstein. Einstein's just like, he scowls at him. He doesn't scowl, he doesn't even look at him. He doesn't give him time of day. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what he's reacting to. And I really, that was the problem. He's reacting to, like, uh, Killian Murphy, or, 
Oppenheimer saying like we destroyed like build by building this bomb like we kind of did bring the world to an end even though it didn't blow up the atmosphere. But he fills in some blanks and just it's his ego. He thinks that that Oppenheimer said something to Einstein against him. So there that they I feel like they wanted that to be a bigger part of the plot about yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s like because he was leading the charge, I guess, at some point for getting it with security clearance. I didn't care. I didn't care about it at all. And I love Robert Downey Jr. I think it was a great performance. Like, it was nice to see him looking all old and gray. But they could have focused on other things. Sorry to, yeah, I just didn't. Einstein was so cute in the movie, though. The Einstein was a cute old man. Well, Alex Bros made the, the joke. Alex Bros, shout out Alex Bros. We're looking two weeks, two weeks from now as a guest in this very room with us. Um, he was hoping that that uh, Einstein did the tongue out, the famous <laughs> poster. So it would be like, this was the moment where that all happened to tie it all together. Oppenheimer's like, we're going to destroy the whole world. And yeah. It just ends like, on a syllabus. Yeah, yeah. Exa- and that was the end. It was just <laughs> Einstein just like, ah. It's like, ah. <laughs> we're igniting the, uh, the, the, the atmosphere. It's all going Whoever down. played Einstein was such a cute old man. He was just like so like silly and fun. Yeah. Guys, when do men go from like, Okay, you're like a 50 year old man. I'm like, oh my god, you're a cute old man. When does that happen? Uh, sometimes between the 80 and 90. Uh, <laughs> I think it can happen in the 70s. It's it depends. I think certain certain men, it's not until their 80s. Depends. Because uh, sometimes I'll see like like oh my god, you're a cute old man. Like you were 20 once. Yeah. And what does that mean for they me? They start to shrink and they turn into like the the guy from they up. do shrink the up the up uh yep. yeah the guy from up. The you know, up patriarch. Yeah, he was a <laughs> he's positive, pa- patriarch. positive patriarchy. About. Positive patriarchy. That man missed his wife deeply. He was his whole world. <sighs> All so right. is that us? Is that the Barbenheimer episode right now? Well, Sindhu, Sky, how do you feel? Let me about ask your conclusion. Let's, would you yeah, oh yeah. would you watch Oppenheimer and spend three hours of your life to that movie? I think I I feel like I just watched Oppenheimer. I from like how long too. you guys were talking about every single aspect of the movie. And I think um, it has a good cast. And like you were saying, it's nice like as a cinematic experience, like the way they do the outfits and the cinematography and everything. But if I did see it, I probably would not be shy with the amount of bathroom breaks and popcorn refills that I'm taking. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if it, it it'll be a mu- movie that, I kind of am able to enjoy on like a surface level in a way rather than like, oh, well, all the stuff that Sky has been saying, <laughs> I might just be like, okay, well, this is, it has Cillian Murphy in it and it's good cast, like Matt Damon and Robert Downey Jr. And it's an interesting like story. But if it was like two hours, I would be much more inclined to watch it. But I don't know. I'll see if there's any seats available. So big, big week for cinema. Great We're back. Week for cinema. The theater, the theater experience seems to be back. I feel like that's what we've been incepted into to giving free marketing to all these things because it is just so brilliantly done. Tip of the cap to the marketing professionals involved with this, unless they're a part of the patriarchy. In that case, no, thank you. So generally, <laughs> watch the Barbie movie, and if you know yourself and you think that you would like Oppenheimer, if you think give you'd it a be watch. friends with me or Sindhu, mm-hmm. don't watch. Don't watch Oppenheimer. Yeah. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it. All right. Well, those th- those are kids these days. Signing off. Thank you for listening. Bye. Sound Bye. off. Bye. Bye. Sound, Bye. Sound off in the comments. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa.